and welcome to the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Please join me as I share the body, mind and soul approach that helped me to lose over 150 pounds of weight after over 30 years of countless failed dieting, starting from age nine. I am a qualified nutritional therapist, low-carb expert, stress management consultant, sleep mindset, psychology of weight loss, holistic fertility, fasting and coaching. I'm also a writer, blogger, and in a previous life, I practiced as a qualified lawyer. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, I would like to talk about emotional eating, a very important topic for all of us. Emotional eating is something that many of us continue to struggle with, including me. Sometimes I win the battle against eating my feelings, other times I fail. But the good news once again for me is that the times I win far exceed the times I fail and I will never give up. And as I continue to work on myself in the last years, I have become so much better at handling emotional eating. And for me, this is also linked to my sugar addiction, which we talked about in episodes seven and eight. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, please do so because sugar is a very important subject. And my sugar addiction and lifelong battle against sugar results in the horrible circle that when I emotionally eat, it usually reignites my love for sugar, chocolates, carb-heavy crap, which I love, but which simply do not love me back. However, in recent years, most times when shockingly bad things have happened to me, I find that I no longer feel the need to emotionally eat using some of the techniques I shall talk about in this episode. In episode one, I stated that there are usually some kind of trauma that can be pinpointed as the start of many people's struggle with weight gain. And in my case, it was a serious illness when I was a child and I had remained overweight throughout childhood, hitting that obese mark probably at around the age of 20. And like I said in episode 10, when I started dating a man that was 17 years older and started being wined and dined and cooked for by him, instead of partying and dancing all night like I used to do with people my own age before I met this guy. But my massive weight gain really started when I had a serious surgery at around the age of 23. And I was laid down in the hospital for over three weeks with zero movement. And unfortunately, complications from that surgery meant that I was effectively told to avoid moving for about six months. And I never, until this day, fully recovered from that surgery and piled on a lot of weight that really spiraled out of control with ridiculous failed attempts to lose the weight using the horrible low-fat, high-sugar, low-calorie advice that just made me fat, hungry, and miserable. 
And majority of the times that I speak to the countless people I have helped to lose weight, you tell me that your weight gain started with some sort of traumatic event. And these events have included things like pregnancy, childbirth, illnesses, divorces, bereavements, and even things like sexual abuse or domestic abuse or being a victim of some crime, sadly. And sometimes when life is out of control, we seek something that can be within our control. And if that's eating, sometimes that's what we hold on to. And as if we've not all had enough trauma in our world, many of you and many of us had a particularly tough time during COVID and the various lockdowns. And it just seemed like a collective trauma as people of the world just seemed to just get even more and more and more. And sometimes when life just seems to be out of balance and difficult, we rely on comfort and seeking comfort by emotional eating is not your fault. It is something that has in some way or another been programmed into all of us. And by this, I mean that from a young age, food was always seen as comforting. You know, when babies cry and they stop crying when they're fed some breast milk or some snack or something. If you're a child and you hurt yourself playing outside in the garden or outside with other little children, hey, your mom and dad might say, oh, come here and have some snack. So there's always been some kind of reward or some kind of comfort from food. I strongly believe that there's a part within all of us that sees being big as being safe. For example, perhaps in school, the smaller kids were bullied by the stronger, bigger kids. Or even when we come to the basics and look at the animal kingdom, the big animals like the lions and the elephants are not usually preyed on. So big is safe and strong. And there might also be that thing in our head that says, perhaps if I'm big, I may not be so attractive and will not get unwanted attention or I can protect myself better, or some inner voice where as kids we saw our dads as big and strong and as figures of safety. Today's chat is really all about reversing some of those thought processes that using food as a clutch and learning to do something else that challenges the brain to break from the norm of holding on to food as a way of comforting ourselves. And so life has kind of gotten in the way. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. You've just found out that your partner is having an affair. The one person who had sworn to be faithful to you has broken that trust. Can you repair your marriage? Can you ever trust him or her again? What about the children? How will they cope with a separation or a divorce? Is the affair still ongoing? Is the cheating partner even willing to work on the relationship? And can you really forgive and forget and be able to get over everything that's happening in the relationship? Oh, and your dad is in the hospital having a very hard time with things. And as well as juggling everything on your plate, you have to look after him as well. And your son is crushed because his football coach thinks he's underperforming and has benched him in the last three games. His maths teacher has just told you in the parents-teachers meeting 
that he's been a nuisance in class and he's also underperforming. And if there are no improvements, they can't see him getting the grades needed for him to go to college or university. Oh, as if things aren't bad enough, your boss is impossible. You hate your job. Nothing you do is ever good enough for this person. When other people in, the, in your team are getting ahead in the promotion you know you deserve, you have been bypassed for all promotions and all your boss does is nag and nag and belittle and nitpick. You have been desperately trying to find another job, but there's simply nothing in this market and you can't afford to leave your job without securing another job, not in this climate. And with the cost of living crisis, oh my goodness, the bills are piling up, the cost of gas and petrol is ridiculous, the car and house insurance still need paying, plus the gas bill, the children are complaining that the house is too cold because you've tried to reduce the heating costs. And you're angry, you're upset, you're sad, you're stressed, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're bored, you're depressed, you're lonely, you simply can't see a way out of all these problems that just keep piling on and on and on. And you do what you've always done and you just, you're just seeking a little comfort, easy junk food to make you feel a little bit better. And you feel marginally better talking into all the junk food. But this brief relief is followed by the sugar crash and junk crash, the guilt, the water gain, the weight gain, the vicious cycle of weight gain and weight loss that lead to absolutely nowhere. And you're back to square one. But actually, things are worse. You feel fat, you feel bloated, you're disgusted, you feel guilty, your self-esteem takes a massive dive and you indulge in self-pity. Why me? Why is everything in my life so crap? Why can't I catch a break in this miserable life? And you kick yourself when you're already down by self-loathing. Did you really undo all that hard work trying to lose weight and boost your immune system by eating all that crap? You find yourself wallowing in a sea of negativity that seems to attract even more negative thoughts and negative things. And the problem is are still all there. And perhaps things are a little bit better. But did feeling your body full of junk really help to broker a solution? Did it help your mental and physical well-being? Did all that sugar rush help you think clearly to find solutions to all these issues? Did the processed hydrogenated fat floating around your inside from nasty junk cheap food really help? The reality is that emotional eating is simply a clutch. It helps absolutely nothing. It simply adds to your problems. It continues the cycle of obesity and yo-yo dieting. It doesn't broker solutions. Life will still happen whether or not you stuff your face full of junk. And what I really want to talk about is how can we break away from emotional eating? Breaking the habit of a lifetime isn't necessarily about having willpower. It's about retraining yourself 
retraining your brain, retraining your reactions to situations that trigger emotional eating. And by this, I mean that your brain will remember how you handled past crises and use that again as a way of handling future crises. And if the last time the shit hit the proverbial fan, you ordered a big box of chocolate and a massive pizza, yep, that used to be my groove. When another crisis happens, that imp will very quickly remind you that chocolate and pizza helped the last time. And guess what? It will keep telling you to go on, go on, order some pizza and chocolates. It will make you feel better. You know you want to, you deserve it. After all, everything that can happen, screw the dieting. Tomorrow is another day. Tomorrow, have some chocolate and some pizza. Go on, you deserve it. That voice is a very powerful voice. And we need to train ourselves to hear another voice that doesn't suggest emotional eating, but instead suggests some of the healthy coping mechanisms we shall talk about later on in this podcast. And we need to make that voice with healthy coping mechanisms louder than the go on, have some effing pizza voice. And the way we do this is by stepping away from the junk food, stepping away from using the junk food as a clutch and retraining the brain to make better options for next time instead of doing what we've always done in the past which is rely on junk food for example 2022 was an extremely tough year for me it just seemed like endless crap kept happening to me and people i love and life seemed bleak and it would have been very easy to binge it and emotional ease and i didn't Let's just say there are, were many days of cycling with my fight song, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, at high volume, playing on repeat, and I mean 30 minutes of cycling or an hour of cycling with this song on repeat. Thankfully, I have a home gym, and I have a house that is not attached to neighboring houses, and I can therefore blast music on high and take out my frustrations on my stationary bike. And this combination of this song and cycling, the speedy cycling, have seen me through many crises where in the past I would have binge eating my emotions. And when we rely on junk food during a crisis, our body stores this information as part of its coping mechanism for future crises. And by changing what you do the next time you feel down, your brain will start storing new activities that don't involve food. And the more and more and more and more and more and more you do that alternative thing that doesn't involve food, the more that voice gets louder. That voice that says, hey, we're not doing pizza and chocolate. We're going to do I will survive and cycling. That I will survive and cycling voice gets louder and louder and louder. And that allows you to deal with whatever is going on 
without relying on food. So next time you have issues and feel like junk food, why don't you shock your system by doing something entirely different instead of emotional eating? And I've told you what helps me. And here are some other things we can all do as well when we feel like eating emotionally. Number one, I would like you to remember today's chat. Play your favorite fight song to lift you up or that song that reminds you that you have survived other crises and this too shall pass. And number two, to put some, blast some music on and dance like you just don't care. Shake it like you're 16 again and that boy or girl you fancy is watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And number three, play your favorite music and sing along loudly like you're having a concert for one. And don't worry about whether or not you can sing. Just sing and just let out all that emotion. And number four, if you're religious, hey, do a victory dance. Shame the devil or whatever you believe is the bad guy. Number five, Make yourself accountable to someone and report yourself to them when you feel the urge to binge eat because of emotional problems. Number six, go for a brisk walk in the fresh air. The combination of endorphins and vitamin D will raise your spirit. Number seven, make some healthy and spicy soup using chili or scotch bonnet pepper if you can handle the heat. The chili will shock your body into releasing healing and happy hormones. Number eight, run a bath of scented bath foam, scented salts, perhaps some aromatherapy candles. Turn your phone off, shut that bathroom door, relax and let the world take care of itself for 30 minutes. The chaos really will survive without you for a few precious minutes of self-love and self-care and self-healing as well. Number nine, if you're stressed, try some breathing exercises. Most smartwatches and phones will have an app that can guide you. Or just do this and it's easy. Take a slow, deep breath, counting up to five, one, two, three, four, five, and hold it and count another five. One, two, three, four, five, and very slowly release to the count of five. One, two, three, four, five, and do this for about 10 times as you just feel the relief from all the stress of whatever is happening to you. And try meditation to distress. There are countless videos on YouTube and in a future episode, I will record one for you for times of stress. Number 11, play some relaxing music. I love classical music and I have playlists for every mood. Um, play whatever music relaxes you. Number 12, if you believe in the power of prayers, then calm your spirit by praying. Number 13, 
call a trusted friend or family, not necessarily to talk about your problems, but also to laugh about other things that are completely not related to anything's going on, just an escape. Number 14, help someone else with their problems. Sometimes we're so caught up in our own drama, we forget that there are other people so much worse off than us. Number 15, do something cheerful. Give yourself a manicure or pedicure or go for a hair appointment or go get a haircut or get a massage, just something fun, something for yourself. Number 16, get a piece of paper and write a gratitude list. And I know when you're feeling stressed and unhappy that the last thing you might want to do is to think about things you're grateful for. But I promise you that this can be a game changer if you get into the habit of trying to count your blessings when you are in a dark place. And if you're feeling so dark, you can't think of things you're thankful for, think again. You have a roof over your head, you have water to drink, you have food in your fridge, you have internet to be listening to this podcast. You are alive. There are people who would give anything, absolutely anything for one more day alive. You are alive. And even though life might be bleak right now, the sun shall shine again and you will smile again, I promise you. You will smile again, regardless of what is happening right now. You will smile again. Number 17, have a glass of water or a bottle of water if you want and color it with some ice or some lemon or mint or anything you like. But water can be very calming. Number 18, have a glass of soothing chamomile tea. Just anything that will relax you a little bit. Number 19, win the shop online at your favorite shops and imagine yourself at the weight you'd like to be. And reassure yourself that what you're doing right now by choosing not to eat junk when you're feeling absolutely crap means that you will definitely get there sooner. Number 20, if you're tired, do some breathing exercise and go to sleep. Things might be brighter in the morning. We say sleep on it. This isn't a cliche, it's actually a scientific reality because sleep helps the brain to reset itself, to attain full clarity and to find solutions to problems that in the dark of the night or wherever you are might not be obvious. But some sleep and some calm might help to broker solutions. And number 21, imagine how proud of yourself you'd be knowing that you've broken the habit of a lifetime and did something positive instead of the same old itching emotionally when painful things happen to you. And next time you have a tough time and would normally emotionally eat, please replay this episode of this podcast 
and just know that a random woman somewhere in London, England says, hey, you've got this. You can do this. You are doing this. You've done this. Well done you. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care. Have a great week and I hope to see you next week on the next episode of the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Thank you and bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. If you like this podcast, please do me a huge favor and like, subscribe, share with your family and friends, and please review this podcast so that other people can find us. Please see our show notes for any links referred to in the episode. If you wish to connect with me on social, my Instagram is Bell's Low Carb World. That is B-E-L-L-E-S Low Carb W-O-R-L-D. I hope you join me next week for the next episode of the Holistic Weight Loss and Lifestyle Podcast. Have a fantastic week and thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Thank you.